God Conversations with Tanya Harris. So let me ask you that question. What does God tell me? <laughs> well, you know, thunder, lightning. <laughs> Mother Teresa, someone asked her, when did God speak to you? And she said, whenever he wants. So essentially the, the Bible is a, a collection of God Conversations, if you like. I had a vision of a car accident. And I'm sitting on the couch thinking, why have I just seen this? How could I know if God was speaking to me? How could I know that that Jesus said we'd recognize his voice. It was never meant to be a one-way conversation. Have you ever noticed that some people seem to hear from God every day, while others seldom hear God's voice? Well, what's happening here? We know that God is talking, but is he talking to one and not the other? Today I want to talk about those questions by discussing the impact of our personality on hearing God's voice. We're going to look particularly at how people interpret and discern their experiences differently and how some forms of hearing from God seem to be better suited to certain personalities. Whatever your personality type, I know you're going to find the episode helpful. Hi, and welcome to episode 51 of the God Conversations podcast. My name is Tanya Harris and I'm a pastor, speaker and founder of this ministry. And our goal is to equip you to recognise and respond to God's voice. Well, how are you today? So great to have you on the podcast and it's so great to be recording today. It's been nearly three months. I feel like I've been tucked away in a cave over December and January, it's always uh, the quieter time for me traveling. But for the last few months, I've been busy hold up working on my PhD studies. So if you can imagine six days a week, 10 hours a day in front of my computer screen, surrounded by big, heavy, thick books. And it's just, it's actually been a fabulous experience. My PhD is hopefully where we've got the aim of getting it done by the end of this year, but it's about 80,000 words. Right now, my draft is 120,000. So I've got some serious editing to do. But there's just so much that's come out of this study and I just cannot wait to share it with the rest of the world. Eventually it will come out in a book for pastors and leaders, but, you know, there's just been so many incredible insights that have been gained from listening to people's experiences and then studying and thinking about them in light of people throughout history who've looked at this topic. And yeah, probably the biggest surprise for me is that I found myself in the area of Catholic theologians. And that's been such an interesting perspective on history that the Protestants haven't always been as strong in this area because of the Reformation and some of the dynamics around that. So I'm so looking forward to sharing some of those findings with you. We'll probably pop it on another podcast at some point and you're going to see things coming out. But I believe that God wants us to have insight and, and understanding in this area. We know that God speaks, but he also encourages us to use our minds to think about how this works and how it fits in to living with God. So let's look at our topic today, the impact of our personalities on hearing God. And I must admit, I've been thinking about this for quite a long time. One of the curious things as I've talked to people, there was one question in my PhD and I, I surveyed about 55 individuals and then we ran about uh, seven or eight focus groups over three churches. And I talked to people about their experiences. And one of the questions I asked them was, well, how often do you hear from God? And some people would say, oh, every day. 
oh, he's always talking to me. He's always got something to, to say to me. He spoke to me this morning and that's been their experience. Whereas other people, I would ask them, well, how often does God speak to you? And they would say, ah, oh, you know, uh, I guess well, every, every, every few months or once a year. Um, yeah, not, not that often. And um, full disclosure here, I'm going to say up front, I'm the person that's in the second category. I confess that. I tend to hear from God. In fact, I talked about this question a little bit on one of the other podcast episodes, number nine, I think it was. And I tend to be the person who seldom hears from God. So in my own experience, what tends to happen, for example, the last time God spoke to me was probably about four months ago, and it was this significant moment. And I talk about on that on that particular podcast, number nine, how for me, hearing God's voice is like having a piece of steak. I, I need time to digest it and to put it into practice to really fully take it in. And it's almost like I, I don't need any more because I'm still working on the last thing he said. So that's how it works for me. But other people don't have that experience. And as, I, as I've thought about that and I've reflected on that, I think there are some observations I wanted to share with you today because what tends to happen is we, we tend to compare ourselves a little bit. So the person who hears from God rarely looks at the person who hears from God regularly a lot and they, they're like, well, I don't hear from God like that. And, you know, there must be something wrong with me. Am I unspiritual? How come you hear from God? What am I missing here? Or on the other hand, people's experiences are just so different. And so what we want to do is learn from both sets of people and understand, well, what's the dynamic happening here? What's going on here? And I think part of it is the way that we label our experiences. See, what one person calls uh, hearing from God, another person may may not even label it that way. They may be more likely to say, that was my intuition. That was my idea. That was a memory recall or something along those lines. They didn't, it wasn't significant enough for them to be able to say that was from God. It's been interesting for me to, again, read some of the Catholic theology around this area. And one of the criteria that the Catholics have had in their tradition, how do we know it's God? Well, it has to have some extrinsic or external and tangible sign attached to it, like a miracle. You have to have something supernatural, obviously supernatural, that you can tell it's from God. So some sort of external miracle that someone else can judge. It's interesting, I I saw this a little bit happening in the PhD. In fact, people would say things like, I knew it was God because what I heard was information that I wouldn't ordinarily know. So God spoke about the future and then it came to pass, or or God spoke to me about something in my history that I'd never heard of, or or God spoke to me about a topic that I'd never considered. In fact, that was a really common experience for people. I would say, how do you know it's God? And they said, well, I knew it was God because that voice that I heard, those words, I would never think of that. I would never say that. It's not even in my language to think like that. Um, in my own experience, you you may that's happened for me. You may have heard me talk about the the story about how when God first spoke to me about planting a church, I was sitting in the, a prayer meeting and these three words came into my mind. And the interesting thing is, I knew 
instantly my first thought was, that's God, because I had no idea what the words meant. The words were till the soil. And anyone who knows me knows oh, it's, it's farming, right? Who, what is tilling? I've got no idea. I remember sitting there thinking, what on earth is that? It's just something I wouldn't say or think about and I didn't even know what it meant. And that was a real indicator. Ah, oh, okay, that's, that's not me. That's God. And, and subsequent circumstances acted to confirm that. But people knew it was God when the voice was something other than their own. I think a biblical example of this was the Apostle Peter. Remember, he's a Jew. He's been raised in the Jewish faith all his life. His entire background is the Mosaic law. And his understanding is that certain foods are unclean. So he's on his rooftop waiting for lunch. He falls into a trance. He's praying and he sees a tablecloth come down full of food, but the food is unclean. So they're foods that he can't eat. And then he hears the voice and the voice says, get up, kill and eat. And I think that voice must have been obvious to Peter that it wasn't his because there's no way that in his frame of reference he would have ever considered getting up and killing that food and eating it. It was unclean. It was despised. His stomach would have turned over. He would have been repulsed by it. So the way that we know something is from God, the way that it's easy to tell if something is from God is if it includes information that we wouldn't ordinarily know or it's outside our scope of reference. And when that happens, it's often easier to tell if it's from God. If God says to me, oh, Tanya, I love you. Now, that's an important God conversation, but there's nothing new about that. I knew that. So in some respects, it's harder to tell, well, is that me remembering a truth or is that the Holy Spirit? telling me something. In fact, um, I was chatting about this whole area with a very good friend of mine and actually um, our board member who's actually in the studio with me, so he can correct me if I can get it wrong. (laughs) Pete is sitting there with his headphones on. We had a conversation about this a month or so ago and Pete, uh, you know, he is a highly spiritual person and hears from God super clearly. And I was, we were just talking about this and contrasting our personalities. You know, I'm the one who's not um, as sensory or as intuitive. I've often joked about it. When I walk into a room, I've got friends who that would be like, oh, can you feel the presence of God? And I'd be like, where? <laughs> Where is that? I'm like the last person to notice. I'm a, I'm a thinker. Um, I'm a little bit more left brain, bit cerebral in that sense. Um, I often joke people pray for me and they fall over. Um, anyway, so we were just chatting about our different personality types and he says, okay, so let's test this out. Let's try it. And uh, so we ran a little experiment and there was an issue in the ministry that we were trying to work out some strategy for. So we said, okay, let's pray. Let's pray and ask God to give us um, wisdom on, on a strategy for this particular area of ministry. So we both prayed and we both waited on God for a moment and then we compared notes. What came to me as I was praying, I saw an image and the image was of a piece of a rough hessian cloth and the thought that came with it was you know you'd rather have a beautiful embroidered finished polished piece of fabric but start with what's rough and ready what you've got start with what's in your hands to start with that and that's the strategy and then i turned to pete and i said well what did you get 
And his answer was, I feel like God's saying, start with what's in your hand. (laughs) So we both heard the same thing. And I believe that it was from God. But the interesting thing was, is I probably would not have labelled it that way. I probably wouldn't have been as quick to say, oh, that's God, because in the scope of my understanding, it's something that I might have already known. And so I think it's, I'm just a natural sceptic and a little bit more analytical in that way. So I tend to label my experiences differently. I had a conversation, an interesting conversation with one of the pastors in my PhD studies. And it's interesting because we started to talk about this area. How do I tell the difference between the voice of the Holy Spirit and the voice of Tanya, the voice of my imagination, the voice of my creativity and my intelligence? How do I tell the difference? And And the difficulty is that sometimes you can't because the Spirit speaks to us in the thought realm. It's a spiritual voice and we hear it internally. It's on the inner frame of reference of our minds. And so how do I know it's God? Well, sometimes, and as, as this pastor said, I thought it was a really great observation, as we get to know God, the Apostle Paul says that we start to have the mind of Christ. So our thoughts start to become more aligned with God's thoughts And in those early days, sometimes, you know, for example, when God says, give that stranger some money, (laughs) and it's such an odd thought because we would never think of that. As we grow closer to God, there's more chance that we will think of that and we will start to have the mind of Christ. And and at that point, it's, you know, the, the way of the spirit and the way of a person who's following Jesus starts to align more. And sometimes you can't always tell the difference. And in some ways it doesn't matter. I think it only matters when we start comparing ourselves with other people. You know, when you've got the person who God spoke to me about this and God spoke to me about that. I remember this happened in a small group context once and this person was saying, oh, I'm so frustrated because all I ever hear is, you know, God saying this, God saying that. I never get that. You know, there must be something wrong with me. And the truth is that everyone's experience is different And everyone's response to things are different. The scriptures say that each one of us has to work out our faith with fear and trembling. So the process of discernment is not always black and white. And each one of us has a different call. And each one of us has a different path. Now, that doesn't mean we can't learn from each other. And I'm going to talk about that in just a moment, because I think that's really important as well. But Just be careful not to compare yourself too much. I think what we need to do is really focus on seeking God for ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Because my personality, how I'm created is good. God, you made me this way. You made me to be a thinker. You made me to to frame things this way. And and I want to grow and I want to understand, but I'm not going to compare myself all the time with other people's experience because it's just unhelpful. The truth is that the Spirit speaks to everyone, sons and daughters, young and old. And as I've said before, and I will say it again a million times over, this is not a special gift. This is not something just for the chosen people in church, not just for the leaders, not just for the holy people, not just for the theologically grounded people. The Spirit came on the day of Pentecost for everyone. So that means that the Spirit is able to speak to every personality from every background, from from every leaning, as long as we are open 
to hearing and following. As long as we're open and we've made a choice, Jesus, I want to follow you. Jesus, what is your spirit saying to me? God, speak to me. I want to know what it is that you're calling me to do. I am responsible for following the voice of the spirit as I'm listening to Jesus. That's my call. More on this straight after the break. Have you ever had a dream that's left you wondering, where did that come from? The vivid scenes you woke up with linger a bit longer than normal. They touch your spirit and they seem relevant, though you're not quite sure how. We know that God speaks, but what we don't often know is that one of His most common methods of speaking is in dreams. I speak in a dream or a vision of the night, He says in the book of Numbers. The problem is, we don't always recognise it. We don't know if it's God, and because dreams often speak a symbolic language, we don't always know what it means. The Awaken Your Dreams CD pack is designed to give you a comprehensive teaching on this creative form of God's communication. Delivered as a seminar in countries all over the world, the three-part series will take you through the biblical basis for God speaking in this way. It will give you an easy-to-use framework for understanding your dreams and how to interpret the symbols in them. You can purchase it online at thegodconversations.com store. The promise of Acts chapter 2, verse 17 is that by His Spirit, all God's people will be able to hear His voice through visions and dreams. God may be speaking to you in the night, and it's time to be awake to the messages He's sending. Welcome back. So two thoughts I want to give you, two little tips as we talk about the impact of personality on hearing from God. The first one is this, be careful not to attribute everything to God. You know, sometimes I meet people and it's God said this, God said that, God said this, and God seems to be doing a lot of talking. But it reflects an idea that there's nothing of your voice coming through. See, the truth is that God has called us into relationship. And some people think that God has to speak about every single area of my life before I can move. And it reflects more on the idea that it's almost like a dictatorship. God said this, God said that. And the truth is that God has given us as humanity full potential to be completely involved in the journey of doing life. So that means that God values our opinion, our creativity, our intelligence. And he wants us to plumb the depths of who we are in this partnership in the kingdom of God. So sometimes God says, well, this is what I want you to do. But sometimes he says, well, what do you want to do? I came across an interesting study that was conducted by a man called Stephen Parker. He was a US guy and he had a study called Led by the Spirit and it took place in a church in the States. And he investigated and he talked to a number of different people about their experiences of spirit leading. And he was interested in this whole experience from a psychological as well as a theological perspective. And he suggests that in some cases, an emphasis on spirit leading can lead to what's called a diminished ego control. That what that means is that when I'm hearing God for everything in my life, it causes me to step out of the process and put it all from God. See, if I'm always hearing God for every single decision, it has the potential to diminish my own participation in the process. And I think this can sometimes happen in life, in church life. I was chatting with a lady and 
this story to me reflects this. She was, uh, I was at a conference and this amazing woman had made all these individually made cupcakes for like hundreds of women, beautifully decorated, just absolutely beautiful. And I said to her, what an incredible job you did. Wow, you you put so much effort. You're so talented. And she looks at me and she says, oh, no, 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 no. It it, it was God. It was was all God. (laughs) And I said, um, really? I I, I don't know if God came down into your kitchen at 4am this morning and baked the cupcakes for you. And there was something in her understanding that um, said that because God's sovereign, because he's Lord, that diminishes my involvement. And I think that's problematic. And it tends to happen a little bit in this area. We we think to hear from God means my opinion doesn't count. Now, obviously, when God does speak, then we obey and God's word is authoritative and we need to listen to what he's saying. But remember what Jesus said in John chapter 15, verse 5. It's one of my favourite verses. He said, I haven't come to call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. I've come to call you friends because everything I've heard from the Father I now make known to you. And the model of relationship that Jesus wants for us is not one that says you do everything I tell you and I'm not involving you in the process. He wants us to share in the process. He wants us to act as friends, as partners. And that means that when I hear from God, it doesn't diminish my involvement in the process. This is a relationship that is based on love and not on power. It's a relationship that empowers us to be fully who we are. We, we become more like ourselves when we follow Jesus, not less like ourselves. We become freer. We become more autonomous as we cooperate with the Holy Spirit. I've watched this process in my own life. In fact, as I look back in the early days, you know, God was highly directive and he was saying, I want you to do this, this, this and do it now. But as I've grown with him, I've realised that it's it's almost like moving from child to adolescent to adulthood and He's he's given me more uh, autonomy. I guess, in how I do things. He helps me at the beginning stages. He says, okay, this is how you do it. And now you go and do it. Or, you know, I'll say to him, God, open the doors. He goes, well, no, you go knock on them. And he's calling me to be more involved actively in the process. So hearing from God doesn't diminish your personhood. God wants us to open up the depths of our capacity and the potential and the amazing way that he created us. I think of the example of I remember um, a number of occasions he's given me a vision of the house that I would live in and it's been fantastic and it's just come into my lap. It's just been an incredible display of God's sovereignty and power. But the last time I moved house, I went on to the realestate.com.au. I checked out the possibilities. We looked at all the different features and we just made a decision. It was a good decision. But I have to say that there was no prophetic vision involved. (laughs) And um, I think that's just a part of the God life. Hearing from God doesn't diminish that. And the other, the other reason we need to be a little bit careful about attributing everything to God or being too ready to call something God is that when we do that, we're claiming the weight of heaven behind it. When I say God spoke to me, it's a claim to divine authority. So I'd better follow it. 
I, I saw this process a little bit, the abuse of this process actually in, in Bible college and both Bible colleges I've been in, I, th- I think it happens everywhere. Students would come and they would say, oh, God told me to come to college. So I packed up my things and left my job and came. And then six weeks later, all of a sudden, God's told me to leave Bible college. <laughs> as soon as the, the pressure came on, all of a sudden, God didn't say that after all. He's changed his mind. <laughs> and I, I think this is problematic. I think what it is better to say, if you're not sure if it's God, just say, I think it's God. I'm not sure yet. I'm still testing it out. Don't put words into God's mouth. It's almost blasphemous. I think we need to have a reverence for God's words because they're powerful. They're creative. They work miracles. When God spoke, the world was created. Jesus sent forth his word and it healed people. So we need to not make the claim too lightly. We need to understand, we need to test it, get to know it and just reverence what God said because when God speaks, the weight of heaven is behind it. The other tip I wanted to share is this one. We need to be open to growing and learning in this area. You know, I love having conversations with my friend Pete because I feel like I can learn so much from him. I don't say, oh, this is my personality, therefore I can't learn to hear from God like he in the way that he does. See, God created our personality, but he transcends it. And it's interesting that there has been some research to show that the ability to engage in prayer experiences and to hear from God is a learned process. A recent study by a woman called Tanya Lerman called When God Speaks Back. Now she's a sociologist and sociologists, when they do these kind of studies, they adopt what's called a posture of methodological agnosticism. And what that means is they're not trying to study, well, did God speak or not? Because that's not an area that sociology can answer. What they're looking at is they're looking at the social impact or the effects of an experience on people. So she went into a church for 12 months and looked at this whole experience with the people there. And what she found was that people learnt to pray, that there was a skill of prayer. She used a particular type of absorption scale and she looked at what happens in prayer and she found that prayer trains people to ignore the distractions around them and to focus on the inner experience. She also made the observation that because of that reality is that certain personalities were better at this than others. Some people were just more able to pick up on those, what was happening in their inner world and in, in terms of their sensory imagination, what they were picking up. In this study, they also looked at a prayer course, a training course. So some of the people in this particular study went on a, on a training course and so she looked at the differences before and afterwards. The training course was using the practices of Ignatius. So in the Catholic tradition, mystic tradition, you may have heard of it, there's, there's a type of prayer, contemplative prayer, and it uses things like experiential reading of the Bible. It's a process called Lectio Divinia. It's been around since around about the 5th century. You may have been familiar with it. It's where you read a passage of the Bible and you imagine yourself in it as if Jesus was washing your feet, for example. What Lerman found was that the subjects in the study reported improvements 
in their prayer experiences after the training. They had better focus, sharper imagery. They they picked up on more unusual experiences. In other words, their minds had learned to sense a presence for which there was no ordinary sensory evidence. In other words, they learned to pray better. (laughs) They learned to pick up on what the Spirit was saying to them. And I, I love that thought that we can develop this area. We can get better at it. In fact, I was talking to one of our team members and she is really good at hearing from God, but she's never heard from God in dreams. And we were just chatting about that. And she said, okay, so oh, I'd like to learn this. And she just texted me this week. She said, I've, I've been noticing my dreams, but I don't think they're God dreams. <laughs> but I just, I just love the fact that she's got a posture of learning towards this area. She wants to learn. She wants to grow. See, there's, it starts with that understanding God wants to speak to me and that God is no respecter of persons, that this is an inheritance for sons and daughters and young and old. And, and God, I want to be open. I want to learn. I want to learn from those around me. And I encourage you to do the same, to adopt that posture. There'll be people in your church who are very good at this. There'll be people in your church who hear from God more regularly than you do. I encourage you to ask some questions, go to them and say, teach me, how do I know if it's God? What what kind of things can I expect? Learn from the people with the prophetic giftings in your, in your church. I said that this ability to hear from God is for sons and daughters and young and old, but there's also a specialist gift of prophecy and there's an office of a prophet where we can learn from people who... Um, particularly called to help others in this area. So I hope this has been an encouragement for you. I hope that it's called you to keep following, keep listening and to keep enjoying the person that God has created you to be, to keep working out your faith with fear and trembling and also to be encouraged that no matter who you are, your background and your strengths and your weaknesses, that God wants to speak to you and the Holy Spirit is well able to make himself clear. It's been great to talk to you today. Have a wonderful week. Don't forget if you've got any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. Just jump on godconversations.com and we'll talk to you there. Bye for now. Great to have you on the show today. Don't miss the next episode by subscribing on iTunes. Search for God Conversations with Tanya Harris and click subscribe. While you're there, leave us a review so others can learn to hear God's voice too. 